First Baptist Belton is relocating. To learn more, to give, and to stay up to date on the progress, visit www.faithfulfuture.net. Would you bow with me, please, for prayer? Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare His praise? Father, as feeble as we are, that's what we desire to do today. To proclaim Your works, to glorify Your name, to shout to all the earth that God is good, our God is great, our God is merciful, our God is loving, our God is gracious. We adore You, and together on the hilltop, for the first time, we worship You from the depths of our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Wow. When you sit on the front row and your last look around was five minutes before the service starts and then you look again, it's utterly amazing. I would have never, I would have never dreamed. Wow. Well, this is an extraordinary day. I would like to say thank you to many people. But if I start naming names, I'll leave some out. But I must single out Casey Stott and our facilities team and Craig Pearson, our executive pastor, because they have been here ever since we planned this service, started planning this service, getting this place ready for this morning. And so thank you very much. This is the first worship on the hilltop with thousands more to follow if Jesus tarries in his coming. To God be the glory, great things he has done. I invite you to walk around on the prayer trail today if you've not already done so. Come anytime in the future weeks. Walk around. Have a family picnic. We've got a family picnic on our calendars. Um, tailgate before the next UMHB victory. Or the next Belton Tiger victory. Come on and Hellgate, have a great time. Thank you to Dr. Randy O'Rear and the University of Mary Harden Baylor for so cooperative and helpful. What an incredible team Dr. O'Rear has assembled. He is a dear friend. And I have discovered in my years of knowing Dr. O'Rear that he does everything first class to honor and glorify the Lord. And I've learned a lot from him, and I love him and appreciate him. There are a lot of things we're working on, improving our communication. You'll start seeing published minutes of the steering team meetings, property management meetings, elders, so that you can know what's going on, what's being decided. Starting next Sunday, we'll devote two to three minutes of every morning worship service to a focus on the hilltop, and we'll be focusing on timelines and layouts and structural appearance and 
and ministry areas and having videos and pictures and things that we hope will excite you as we move forward. This week it was my privilege to sit in for just a little bit on a team with our childhood education leader, Eddie Humphrey, and some lay people as well as members of his team to look at the children's area and it made me want to be 10 years old again. I never went to Sunday school any place that looks like what this is going to look like. It will be amazing. And we'll keep you informed about pledges and gifts as we go along the way. Today's a day, to, a day of gratitude. Thank God for his gift of this beautiful weather. Who could have ever dreamed? I prayed for a pretty day, but in my wildest imagination, I didn't have it up this good. So I'm thankful that, that God has given us this beautiful day. You are now in the approximate location of where the worship center will be. Now, I think the plan is for it to face the other way when we build it, but today it needed to face this way to do what we need to do. But you are seated where you will be seated when the new building is constructed. And so today I want us to think for a few moments about the blessings of God, past, present, and future. I'm first of all going to talk about God's blessings past, and I want to read a few verses of Scripture. First, from Exodus chapter 13, verses 14 through 16, here's what God says to His people, help your children remember what I have done. And He says in this passage, in days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, The Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. And this is why I sacrificed to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. And it will be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with His mighty hand. Then we remember as we journey through Scripture that things aren't always easy. And we remember that Joseph and his brothers had an adversarial relationship. But in the end, God had orchestrated the entire thing to place Joseph in the position of authority in Egypt in order to save his own family, the nation of Israel. And so in Genesis chapter 50, Joseph said to his brothers, after their father has died and his brothers are afraid now, he's going to kill us because our dad's not here anymore. Joseph said, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And then one final verse for the moment, and that is found in Esther chapter 4, where Mordecai said to Esther, Who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this? Have we come to where we are because God has a plan for such a time as this and the days to come? What has God done? In 1853, eight hearty souls became the first members of First Baptist Church in Belton, Texas. I call them hearty souls. You don't have to have much imagination to know why they were hearty if they chose to live here. 
Picture July without air conditioning, with no plumbing and running water. The only water you'd have would be Nolan Creek if it's not dry. Picture those 100-degree days and the rocky soil so you know they were hardy souls. Most of you have probably never heard their names. And I think it would be very appropriate on this occasion for me to name those eight people who we will see in heaven. Captain R.T. and Olivia Taylor, Dr. W.D. Eastland, Ermin Holbert, Sally Wilson, Jonathan Wilson, and Mr. and Mrs. James Clark. We don't have Mrs. Clark's name. We'll have to ask her forgiveness when we see her. But those are the eight original members of this congregation. They first met in a small frame building on what is now Pearl Street near the old jail on the north side of Nolan Creek. In 1853, most of Belton was on the south side of the creek. There were only two or three structures on the north side. First Baptist was one of them. Since that time, thousands of people have been part of this congregation for 166 years. Thousands have been baptized. The impact on Belton, Bell County, and Central Texas, even the world, is immeasurable for us at this moment in time, this side of heaven. God has gifted us with 20 pastors in those 166 years, the last two of whom have felt called to stay for a combined 50 years. And amazing staff members, including the present staff, who are some of the greatest men and women that I have ever had the privilege of working with. We've associated with other Baptists in Bell County, with Texas Baptists, and had an incredible association with the University of Mary Hardin-Baylor, with our church being instrumental in Mary Hardin-Baylor moving to Belton from Independence in 1886. Mission work around the world. Interns who have been interns here while at Mary Hardin Baylor and young people who've grown up in our church that God has called and sent out all over the world to serve Him and lay men and women who have grown up here and gone all over the world to faithfully serve the Lord in other places. Just Friday, part of the celebration at homecoming, I met one of our former interns, Brian Gunther. He is now Dr. Brian Gunther and is the president of San Marcos Baptist Academy in San Marcos, Texas. And there are many others like Brian who have gone on to great things as God has led them. In this Genesis passage where Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I want us to think about that because through the years, First Baptist Belton has had adversity. I want to take us to their second location, our second location, which was on North Main Street, a few blocks south of where we are now, on the east side of Main Street where Domino's Pizza currently stands. That was the location, the second location for First Baptist Belton. On March the 14th, 1947, a Sunday afternoon, the church caught on fire, and it was a total loss Dr. J. A. Reynolds in his history of the church says there was not even one thing that was able to be saved from the church that burned to the ground. 
The insurance that the church had was only partial and did not cover nearly everything that was needed in order to build a new structure. The church met at Mary Harden Baylor until they could build their new building. Now remember, the fire was on March 14th. On July the 31st, a drawing, a sketch of the new building, including some details, was published in the Belton Journal edition that day. That is amazing. Now, listen, you may know this story, but I'm guessing most of you don't. I read Dr. Riddle's book, but I didn't remember this until I was rereading it in preparation for this message. Here's the spirit of First Baptist Belton. The fire was March 14th, 1947. In early June, just literally weeks later, in a business conference, the church voted to plant a new church in another part of Bell County. It was to be called Eastview Church. I want you to let that roll through your mind for a moment. Three months after the fire, while trying to maintain the budget, while trying to raise money to build new buildings on a new location, to do ongoing mission work, the church voted to start and plant a new church. Now I ask you this question. Does that sound familiar? It should. Because as we were making the decision to move the church here, as we were seeking to maintain our budget and continue to do the mission work that God has called us to, we, in addition to that, voted to plant a new church we know as Renewal Church. By September of that year, Eastview had over 140 in attendance. And Matthew Levant was at the church last Sunday and was able to report their progress. He didn't give any numbers, but I will. They are currently running over 180. Utterly amazing. I think what I'm trying to say simply is God is good. God is faithful. The groundbreaking for the new facility that we currently occupy on North Main Street was on November the 23rd, 1947. They broke ground on faith because they did not yet have the money that they needed to build the new building. But they broke ground anyway, trusting God to do what only God can do. And on December the 12th of the next year, 1948, they dedicated the building in which we used to worship now as our Chinese mission in the old building and the oldest education building they dedicated it on December the 12th, and they decided to test out the baptistry on November the 14th and have folks come in and just see how things work. And so on November the 14th, they had the first baptism in that location, and appropriately, I think, the first person to be baptized was a student at the University of Mary Hardin-Baylor named Kay Downs. The second person to be baptized was someone who was saved at the Eastview Mission, and because they didn't have a baptistry, they were baptized at our church. His name was Ed Kelly. I think that's utterly amazing. So in Esther 4.14, 
where Mordecai says to Esther, who knows, but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. To God be the glory. I would ask you, what is it God has done in your life? Have you been saved under the ministry of the church? Baptized in our church or had family members baptized in our church? Have you experienced spiritual growth in our church? Have you learned to serve, learned, learned to give, learned to do missions? Have you formed lasting friendships? Have you been introduced to missions and ministries in new ways? Have you attended a wedding, maybe your own, or that of a child or a sibling? Have you attended a funeral of a spouse or some other loved one? Have you learned to cherish the sweet people who are seated around you today? The blessings of God in the past. I also want us to think about the blessings of God in the future. And I read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning with verse 11, and I'll read just through verse 14. Now, what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. In fact, it is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. Amazing passage of Scripture. The blessings of God present. The blessings of God today. What is it that God is doing in your life? What is God doing in our church right now? Let me just offer you three illustrations. Tuesday of this past week, we had our all-staff meeting. It's where all the staff gathers in one room, and and we have a, a great time together praying and planning and working. So three illustrations from just last week. Jason Gish, our missions pastor, missions minister, reported to us about his recent trip with one of our layman, Bri Ewan, to South Asia in our continuing pursuit of the Sega, our unreached, unengaged people group. Jason was able to report that several Sega came to know Jesus last week in their journey to South Asia. And they took another step closer to our ultimate goal of the planting of a church in this challenging, difficult area of South Asia. What good news that was for all of us. Eddie Humphrey, our childhood education minister, reported that last week eight children were saved at the after-school Bible clubs at three of our Belton Independent School District schools that you, some of you, lead in the afternoon each week. And how we rejoiced at that. And then Logan Reynolds, our college minister, reported that at a retreat the first weekend of this month, he had the privilege of baptizing three college students. And then this last week at their Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening service at the church called The Well, another student came to faith in Jesus Christ. So those are just three examples of what God is doing. What is God doing in your life? What is God doing in the life of our church? Are you blessing others even as God blesses you, are we teaching the generations 
that follow as God tells us to do? And are we also watching God at work? Because I think if we're watching God at work, we're going to see that He is moving and orchestrating and doing things in accordance with His will and His plan. Lastly, I want us to think about the blessings of God future. And so I read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Here it is. For we live by faith, not by sight. I think I heard Terry, Justin, and Mac all say that perhaps in different ways, but they all said it. We live by faith, not by sight. We are in the final year of our current five-year spiritual vision plan. Most of you know we operate under the umbrella of a five-year spiritual vision plan. And so next year, we'll begin to work on the next spiritual vision plan. We're now in the last year of this current plan. And Dr. Wallace Davis will bring a report at the November 17th business meeting. And I don't want to steal his thunder, but I guess I'm going to do it anyway. He's going, he's going to say at that business conference, every goal that we set in the current spiritual vision plan has been accomplished except one. And the one that has not been accomplished, facilities, our facilities. Six years ago, when we were working on this current plan, we knew that we needed more space. We needed to address accessibility issues, which have become awful. We needed larger children's space, enhanced children preschool space, special needs space to address the issue of senior adults having to climb stairs and being cramped up in small Sunday school departments. And we, we attacked that with, with eagerness. But every time we turned the corner, there was another problem. Well, we can, you can't do this. You can't do that. That won't work. And we kept running into one roadblock after another. It was frustrating for the property management committee. It was frustrating for the spiritual vision team. It was frustrating for the elders. It's frustrating for the staff. Finally, we had a plan that we thought would work. And I don't think any of us were doing backflips back over it, but we thought we got to get something done. And four days before the finality of that plan was to be presented to the elders, the famous call came from Dr. Randy O'Rear when he said, come with me, pick me up. I want to show you something. Uh, He didn't even say that. He just said, pick me up. (laughs) Then he showed me something. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Then came the hilltop. So now is our opportunity to complete that five-year plan that we voted on and adopted as a church. We have a new place to grow, a new opportunity for growth in all age groups. We'll finally be able to address the accessibility issues. There'll be no steps except a little bit in the, to go up the risers in the, in, in the balcony part of the worship center, but you don't have to sit there. No steps anywhere else in the building. Accessibility will be solved. Larger and enhanced space in every age group for Sunday school. Beautiful places to be our new hub for ministry. 
missions and Bible study, knowing Jesus intimately, serving Jesus passionately, sharing Jesus globally. And we do all that and get to remain in our community. When most churches move, they go a long way from where they're located. We're standing exactly one mile from the worship center of our current church. We are remaining in our community. And so to God be the glory, great things he has done. But friends, the future, it's all by faith. It's all by faith. Now, I'm not the planner that Terry is. You heard her say she's a planner. She is. We worked on staff together, and I remember that. She's a planner, but you and I both know human plans can't make this happen. We walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, I will say again, I know you're tired of it, I'll say it again, what we are embarking on is humanly impossible. It is humanly impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And he is at work. So let's put our feet in the water as the children of Israel did in the river Jordan. And God rolled back the water and they came across on dry ground ground to take the promised land. Let's watch God work. Can you see it in your, in your mind? Can you see it? Worship center. Oh, I've, I've got a note here. Worship center. Where are we? I got to orient myself. Um, Back porch. Oh, here we go. Adult, okay, here we go. Adult Sunday school outside the tent right over there. A building that will uh, hold over 35% more than we currently have in Sunday school. Right there. That's, that's, that's the adult. The back porch is right out there. It's going to be a thing of beauty. The famous back porch with all the trees. College and youth this way with a magnificent building. Children and special needs, this way. You see it all on the prayer walk. Go out that way. It's, it's a hike. Take your lunch. It's a hike. <laughs> and then the bell tower is going to be right over here. The beautiful bell tower that will play just like the bells play at our current location. And then on this magnificent structure right there, just right there, Kent Elliott standing right next to where it's going to be, right there, the magnificent 70-plus-foot cross that will be lighted, rising skyward, that will be able to be seen at night for miles, giving a witness and a testimony of our faith in Jesus Christ. I hope you're able to see it in your mind before it becomes a reality. And then... If you sing in the new place like you sang today, wow, I am proud of you. That was beautiful. So we're to sing just a little bit more. Sing to the top of your voice. That's what God led me to say today. Blessings, past, present, and future. Future blessings will be ours, our children, our grandchildren, and the generations that are to come. At my age, I don't know how many more years I'll be able to see all of this, but I'm seated 
with three of my grandsons on the front row. I can hardly wait for them to experience all that God has in store for them in this place, on this holy ground. We offer an invitation. We do that every Sunday. Somebody here needs Jesus. Is it you? Jesus died on the cross for your sin. He arose from the grave that you might have eternal life. And so in a moment, I'm going to position myself in front of these beautiful flowers. And I invite you to come. Place your hand in mine and say very simply, Pastor, I need Jesus and I want to ask him into my life today. And a member of our staff will be here to pray with you. Imagine being the first one to come to know Jesus on the hilltop. Wouldn't that be amazing? Would that be you? The Holy Spirit speaking, tugging, drawing, wooing, calling. Brother Gary's going to lead us. We're going to stand and sing our song of invitation. You come as God speaks to your heart. Thank you for listening today. Please feel free to call the church at 254-939-0705 if you need prayer or need to talk with someone. We're here to listen, to help, and to encourage you.